Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our senior leader, Ben Kendrew. We hope you enjoy today's message. God, we thank you. Your word is alive and active. God, we thank you. Your word will never return void. It is still working, still moving, and you are still speaking. So God, today I pray that your word would be, would be clear and evident. Not my words, but yours, God. Not my will, but your will be done. God, we thank you. You are the God of hope, and you are calling us to let hope rise again in our hearts, in our families, and in our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Psalm 31 verse 24 says, So be strong and courageous, all who put their hope in the Lord. Be strong and courageous, all you who hope in the Lord. In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 6 verses 18 and 19 say, God has given us both His promise and His oath. And these two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence. That's a word for someone today. You can have confidence, not in your own strength, not maybe in the economy, not maybe in what's happening in your workplace. You can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And a verse that I'm sure many will know well, Jeremiah 29, 11, says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a, somebody say, hope. To give you a future and a hope. That is God's plan for you. That is God's plan for our church. That is God's plan for the church of New Zealand. That is God's desire. His desire, His plan for you is not disaster. And even that someone needs to hear today. After the three, four years that our our whole world has faced, after the last season of journey that Arise has faced, someone needs to know, maybe it's something in your family, maybe it's something in your physical body, maybe it's something in your workplace, but someone needs to know today that our faithful God does not have a plan for disaster. He has a plan for hope. Praise God, amen. That could be enough for us to go home. If we could let that word sink in today, that could be enough for us to go home. But we've got a little bit more time so we can dig into it and see just what the Bible really says about hope. Uh, recently, I was actually on a flight back from Dunedin at the bottom of New Zealand. If, if you're tuning in online from around the world, it's, it's our great southern city. It's a Scottish city. It's a beautiful, beautiful architecture. It's freezing cold. It's a nice place to visit for a rugby game. Uh, and God bless everyone that lives there. Uh, I was there on a Sunday for, uh, to be with our Rise family and uh, had decided to stay the night, which was far more preferable uh, than, than jetting away. And then in the morning, because I'm a good dad and I do the lunches for the family, I got the flight that departs to Needham at 6 a.m., to get me back to my home in Christchurch about seven. Uh, that, that is painful because the Dunedin Airport is about 17 hours drive away from the city. It's not, that's exaggeration. It is half an hour. And someone had great faith when they were planning out Dunedin and thought this city is gonna be massive. 
let's put the airport way over there. Uh, uh, but that's all good at 4.30 in the morning when you're heading to the airport. The beauty of that flight and the seat that I got to sit in was I got to watch the sun rise over the eastern horizon as I flew up the east coast of the South Island of New Zealand. And I had intended to catch a few more winks on that flight, uh, thinking, you know, I'll just get a, a little bit more sleep in before I see the whānau before school, but I couldn't. I stared out that window. You try to take a photo, but our phone cameras never do what God has created justice, right? Why do we love the picture, the image of a sunrise? Why, why, do we, why do we even sometimes, as people did on Friday morning around New Zealand, get up early to watch the sunrise? Why do we try to take photos with it? I posted one on my Instagram story yesterday of the beautiful sunrise here in the Hutt Valley in Wellington. I don't think I've ever done that in my life, but it was glorious. Why are we so captivated by it? I believe that we love a sunrise. I believe that we love to put up posters and, and cafes, put them up and, and we have images and, and, and design and paintings of sunrises because a sunrise means I've got a new day, a fresh opportunity, another challenge to go again. A sunrise is a picture of hope. And I think that for many, we've had our sunrises robbed. We've had, we've had a sense of hope stolen from us. Our world is in desperate need of hope. We really do need hope. And what I hope to unpack, I hope to unpack in the next few minutes is that hope isn't a whimsical, flimsy thing that the world may have had you believe it is. Hope is powerful. Hope is in the Bible. Hope is what God has for you. Hope, the Bible says, is one of the big three that remain forever. Faith, hope, and love. So God has something to say about hope and our world needs hope. Hope matters. Hope is fuel to that keeps us going. Hope, as we read in Psalm 31, Actually, those who have hope in the Lord then get strength and courage as a result. Is there anyone here today or maybe online that wants some strength and courage for what is ahead in your journey? I know I do, and I know seven of us here in the room do, and the rest, we're just getting warmed up on the long weekend. I'm sure soon enough, you know that you want some strength and courage. Uh, as I mentioned before, my home is in Christchurch, New Zealand. I'm a Cantabrian. It was where I was born. I, I'm passionate about all things Canterbury. I do love every sports team because we win everything. That's partly why. But a challenge of being a Cantabrian and having lived there now for 15 years is that Amy and I, and at that stage, our three-month-old daughter, Lily, who's with me today, we lived there when Christchurch suffered a catastrophic earthquake, 2011 one of the greatest, natural, greatest, uh, most painful, most devastating natural disasters that New Zealand has ever known. And, and you know what we needed, not just for a day or two in February 2011, but for the rest of that year and for 2012 and over the next few years, Cantabrians needed stories of hope. We needed people to remind us that there is hope around the corner. When everything you're looking at was literal devastation, when there was mud covering your whole backyard from liquefaction, when the building you had been to the day before at a cafe was now just a pile of rubble, everything around it, when the roads that you drove on were damaging cars because of how broken they were, we needed stories of hope. And we were so tired because there were shakes. We were actually uh, watching, reading something in Te Papa yesterday with the kids to show how many earthquakes happened in 2011, 2012, 
thousands upon thousands of, of tremors and quakes. And most of them, it felt like, happened during the night. Maybe you didn't notice during the day, but at night, and you'd wake up constantly. It was like the whole city had a newborn baby constantly waking you up every 15 minutes. And we're so drained. We were so exhausted. Physically, you'd work hard. You'd be digging out silt from your neighbor's driveway as a church. We were right on the forefront of aid, and we're so thankful to hear, and Hamilton particularly, filling buses and trucks and sending goods down to help our, our, our stricken city. But you're so fatigued. And then you were worried and anxious, like there was a little tremor. What, what's going to happen now? Is that another big one about to go down? And then you got agitated and angry because something was wrong with the insurance company or why have they fixed that road and not my road? And, and then what's going to happen with my workplace or with my family? Or why are they saying this on the news? We didn't hear about that here locally. And, and everything was frustrating. So we were tired. We were exhausted. We were drained. We were fatigued. We were agitated. We were angry. We were anxious. Does this sound a little bit like the whole world in 2023 right now? Our world needs hope. Our world needs hope. Real, biblical, God hope. That it's fuel for our heart, that we can hold on to. That the Bible says a trustworthy anchor for our souls. So whatever comes our way, we hold on to the anchor of hope and we will not be moved because of what Christ has done. We need the strength that comes with hope. We need courage that comes with hope. And I believe there has been in the Spirit an attack on hope. Our world has had natural and physical issues, a pandemic to deal with, constant you know, natural disasters, financial crises, all things happening in the natural sense of the world. But in the spiritual, the enemy has been trying to steal a generation's hope, to rob people's hope. We have a deficit of hope, but our God is the God of hope and He will not fail us. He will not let us down. His plan is not disaster. His plan is a future and a hope. The enemy of our soul, John 10, 10 says that he comes, the thief, to steal, kill and destroy, to steal our hope, to kill our hope, to destroy our hope. But the rest of that verse says, Jesus speaking, that I may come, that they may have life in all its fullness. You can have fullness of hope. And maybe your natural circumstances right now are much like, uh, like, like a disaster in your mind. And around you, it looks devoid of hope. But I need you to know that our God of hope can give you fullness of hope that is an anchor through every season. Things that have robbed people of hope, disappointment, it's, un it's understandable. So many things canceled in the last three years. It was mentioned with the youth and young adults last week, but so many, a full year, you know, a full degree of university students may not have got to have their graduation ceremonies three or four years in a row. Things, you know, 21st birthdays, weddings where people couldn't gather their whole family. So many challenges. That's disappointing and that robs hope. Pain and hurt, which is real. And we need to acknowledge it so people can find healing, but that can cause people to lose hope. When we have unexpected change, like this is not what I thought things were going to look like six months ago, a year ago, 12. That causes a lack of hope. Polarization, man, our world loves to jump into camps, right? Like you're for me or you're against me and that's it. Like choose your side and then we're going to argue on Facebook, but I'll never talk to you about it in person. But that causes a robbing of hope. 
I actually talked to one of our, our young adult pastors recently, and we were talking about people in their early 20s who have had the, a difficult season through their university time. And he said, you know, someone just said to me, like, they're constantly expecting bad news. Isn't that devastating to hear? Like a 22-year-old's expecting bad news. You haven't even really faced the, the big stuff of life yet necessarily. And, and that's the hut. They've been robbed of hope. That's, that's the enemy trying to get a foothold. The New Zealand Herald, I know my wife Amy shared this, but last year had a headline one week that said, an outbreak of gloom for New Zealand. That's not to have a pot shot at the Herald. That's trying to tell a story of, of where our world is at. There has been an attack of hope. There is a hope deficit. And maybe you're here today in, in Potirua. Maybe you're there today gathering with families in Selwyn. Maybe you're here in this room in the lower hut and you're feeling a bit hopeless and you feel like disappointment and discouragement and hurt and pain has tried to rob your hope. Well, I'm believing that this morning because of the grace of God, because He is an anchor for our soul, because His plan is not disaster, but for hope that you can have your tank full again, that you can find hope in something everlasting. Because what I just read out, and I'm sorry, I was a little bit sad on a long weekend for a few minutes there, but all of those things, they're fleeting. They're, they're carnal. They're natural. They are issues of this world. They are temporal. And if we place our hope in temporary things, then we can only have temporary hope. But if we place our hope in the eternal things, then you can have eternal hope. An anchor for your soul. An anchor for your soul. Look, I need people to understand today, bad things do happen. I mean, that's, that's very clear throughout the Old Testament narratives that godly people face great challenge. Then in the New Testament, even our Savior and King Jesus says, you will face trials. So we need to actually embrace that. And maybe bad things aren't always the work of the devil. In fact, Scripture says that bad things, trials and challenges, get this, they can actually lead you to hope. They can lead you to hope. Let's read in Romans chapter five today. For we can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, we know that they help develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You read that again? We rejoice when something challenging happens because that makes me stronger. I'm gonna endure now. I'm gonna get through this. And endurance builds my character. And when I grow my character, I find hope in what matters most. I want you to know whatever you're facing, either we can let it uh, rob our hope and lose our hope, or we can let our trial, whatever is coming against you today, we can let it lead you to hope. Let hope rise again. Let hope rise Again, and this hope won't lead to disappointment. We know how dearly God loves us. He has given us the Holy Spirit and that will fill our hearts with love. Yes, tough times will come, but that's good. Someone say, that's good. That's good. Tough times are good because they, they could cause us to lose hope or they will cause us to uh, lose hope or lead to hope. The devil wants to use the trials to steal and kill and destroy your hope. But our God can and desires to take our trials, our problems, our challenges and cause us to deepen our hope. We're not denying difficulty. Please don't hear the preacher say that, that pain's not real. Of course it is. But what can God do with that pain? How can He use it? 
Romans 8 says that He can work all things together, all the good and all the tough for the good of those who love. Scriptures show that, yeah, we can be discouraged, but still find hope. Check these words out. It's really this first verse here in Lamentations 3. Man, this is going to lift someone's spirit. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. (laughs) I will never forget this awful time. Are we still reading the Word of God? Wow. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve my loss. So I I don't want to make light of grief. It's real. But the verse doesn't stop there. The Word of God never leaves us in our pain. So Jeremiah writing in Lamentations says, Yet I still dare to hope, because I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends, His mercies never cease, great is His faithfulness, His mercies begin again when? Every morning. That's why we love a sunrise, because a sunrise says new mercies today. Our God is faithful today. His something good is in store today. Yet I will still hope. So I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Remember when I said before all the things that can rob us of hope? Too many of us, and I know I've done this, place our, think that those are our inheritance. The economy will, will give me my inheritance, literally. The housing market, this career, this relationship, temporary things that cannot sustain us. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Let hope rise today. Let hope rise today. For the Lord is good to those who depend on Him, those who search for Him. So it's good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And so many of us, we search, we depend on, we wait for things of this world to provide us hope. But let's focus our attention on the Lord. He will never fail us. There's a powerful lesson here. And we can and, and should, like like in the Psalms, like here in Lamentations, like through the book of Job, we can and should express our pain and sorrow. It's unhealthy to bottle it all up, but we must not stay there. God has more for you. God has hope for you. God has plan and purpose for you. When discouragement comes, I choose hope. Someone say, I choose hope. Turn to your neighbour, say, I choose hope. Someone today, and we need to say that every morning, that when the mercies are new every morning, you say, today I choose hope. Someone needs to write it on the top of the fridge or or the mirror or whatever you look at first, hashtag phone. Someone needs to write it and say, I choose hope because you've allowed the things of this world, maybe the pandemic, maybe the economy, maybe the challenges online, maybe something in your family and you've allowed it to rob you of hope. But now it's gonna we're gonna choose to lead us to hope that I'm gonna endure, that I'm gonna build character and I'm gonna find my hope in something, something eternal. See, Jeremiah, the the writer of Lamentations, knew that God was faithful. He is good. So he said, I will wait. I will depend. I will trust in Him. So here's really our big question today. Who or what do you depend on? Who or what do you depend on? And really only you know that. Because I know I can present a facade that shows I, I depend on God. I can, I can post scriptures on my social media. I can, I can be happy and, and bold in the foyer of church. But when it's just me and my own thoughts and my own challenges on Tuesday morning, who do I depend on? And what have I placed my hope, my trust, 
See, trust and hope, they're actually intrinsically linked. Elsewhere, Jeremiah uh, 17 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Like trees planted along a riverbank, roots that reach deep into the water. That's where you find sustenance. These trees aren't bothered by the heat. <laughs> when the heat comes on in life, it doesn't matter. My, my trust is in God. My roots go into, into the living water. These trees aren't bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Well, no one's been feeding me. No, because my roots go deep into the water, into the living water. I'm sustained. My hope is in Him. And their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Your fruit is actually linked to who you trust. Your fruit is dependent on what you depend on. (laughs) Now, I know that broken trust makes it harder to hope. That's one of the big challenges of particularly Western society right now. Who can I trust? You can trust in the Lord. You can trust in His Word. You can trust in the presence of God to sustain you. If you're struggling to trust today, wherever you are, whatever's been happening, again, I'm not trying to make light of any real challenge. Maybe your marriage has fallen apart tuning in online today. You don't know who to trust anymore. You can trust in the Lord. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He sees you. He knows you. There's a number of hairs on your head. He cares for the sparrow. He will care for you. He has hope for you today. (laughs) We can trust in God. So that means we can, have, we can have real hope. Like I said at the start, you know, our world really has a misunderstanding of hope. And I know I can be caught up in this as well. Like it's a, it's a warm fuzzy. Like hope is just like a nice concept. Like, man, I just ordered a coffee. I hope that coffee's good. It's a new barista. Or, man, I hope my sports team wins. I'm from Canterbury. I don't really hope. I know. I know. We're all Blacks fans here, and uh, especially for our Selwyn family, where most of you are South African, I hope you do better next week. I really do. (laughs) But hope in sports and hope in coffee and hope in the fleeting things of this world, that's that's like a nice, warm fuzzy. And because we've got a misunderstanding of hope, we've we've got a hopeless generation thinking that they can't place their hope in anything. But the Bible's depiction of real hope, there's nothing flimsy in there. The Apostle Paul said that hope lasts forever. Elsewhere, hope is described as as a helmet, protecting our mind, our thoughts. And as I've already mentioned, hope is an anchor in the Bible, which stabilizes a boat through a storm. Hope will help you withstand things that would otherwise take you out. That's real biblical hope. Remember I said three things will last forever. It's in 1 Corinthians, faith, hope, and love. I've been guilty of being like, faith, amazing. We need faith to believe God can do anything. Amen, love. We've got to be people of love. Jesus, God is love. Jesus showed us how to love. Hope, oh yeah, that's the one in the middle. It just was nice poetic three. No, no, it's there. This is the God-ordained, Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God. So Victor Shepherd, a professor of systematic and historical theology, actually talks about why hope is so crucial, particularly in this verse. He writes, hope keeps our faith from collapsing under the burden of disappointment and delay and hope fortifies our love and lends it resilience. You could say hope stiffens faith and forestalls collapse. We need hope 
in between our faith and love. In other words, real hope that the Bible is teaching us about, it will sustain us, it will protect us, it will hold us steady through every situation because God is faithful, He is trustworthy, and He is an anchor for our soul. So our question today, in who do you trust? In what do you depend? And have you placed your hope in the eternal today? Why doesn't the band join me in every location? Worship team, come and join us. I pray, Romans 15, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you can overflow with confident hope. God is our source of hope. We trust in Him. Then we find peace amidst the storm and joy when things are going challenging. Because of what we place our hope in, that is what bears us the fruit. That's what bears us the fruit. And then check this out, your hope overflows to others. There are some people here and actually life is going pretty sweet right now and all the temporary, all the natural things, things are good. Work's good, family's good, life's good, weather's good, bring it on. And you actually do have hope. I can see what's ahead, I'm excited. Well, we need your hope to overflow to others. That's what it says here, that you will overflow. That means not just enough for you, enough for yourself and everyone around you with confident hope. So you can let your hurt lead you to hope and then let your hope hit other people. If you're walking through challenge right now, you've got a decision to make. You can rob your hope or you can choose hope. If you're walking through the mountaintops right now, we've got a decision to make. Have hope for myself or I can overflow hope and I can help others. Here at the Arise Centre, can we stand to our feet? Porirua. Selwyn, can you stand to your feet online? If, if it's possible where you are, why don't you stand to your feet? Remember, the enemy wants your problems and your trials to, to bring disappointment and discouragement. But God can use your problems and your trials to lead you to real and lasting hope. He has good things in store. Maybe tomorrow you won't actually have a sunrise where you live. It might be cloudy. Does that mean that the sun is not there? Because there's a few grey clouds blocking your view. Does it mean that the sun is no longer in existence? Of course not. The day starts anyway. And just because we may have some grey clouds over our life and our family and our work, maybe in our ministry, maybe situations that no one else knows about, maybe it's just in our thought life, some grey clouds. I want you to know that on the other side of those gray clouds is a beautiful sunrise. There's new mercies. There's new hope. There's new hope. And God's plan for you is to not be consumed by the dark gray clouds because they will come and they will go. But His plan for you is to believe that on the other side is a glorious sunrise. There's an eternal God that will never leave you or forsake you, will never let you down. And I can testify that my God is faithful. When dark grey clouds have consumed my world, my life, when things have certainly not gone as I thought they would have gone in the last year and a half, my God has not failed me and He won't start now. That on the other side of my clouds, 
Like God is saying, there's still a plan for you, Ben. There's still a plan for your family, Ben. There's still a plan for Arise Church, Ben. There's still a plan for every son and daughter that I have. My plan is not disaster. My plan is hope. Someone say, I choose hope. I choose hope. Let's let our disappointment, our pain lead us to hope. Let's let our challenges turn us to hope and then let our hope overflow to others for our nation needs hope. And we've been praying, we've been singing, Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know where there's no hope deficit? In heaven, in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, there is hope eternal. And when we pray it, it's not just lip service. And when we pray it, God usually says, you know who can bring hope to a hopeless world? The Borkins can bring hope. The Craigs can bring hope. The Bamford Bryants, the Cialis, the Ducksfields. Every person here can bring hope. You are carrying hope eternal as soon as you have given your life to Jesus. Let our hope overflow to others. Believing, we're declaring, let hope rise, let hope rise. Remember what I read at the start, Psalm 31. All you who put your hope in the Lord, the first part, be strong and courageous. So is there anyone now today that wants some strength for what's ahead? That wants some courage? It's available to you, friend. It's available to you because we put our hope in the Lord right across this place. Selwyn, Potidua, why don't you lift your hands in the presence of God today? And in a moment, we're gonna begin to declare, we're gonna begin to sing, let hope rise, let hope rise. And I said, this feels like a prophetic message. And really I was talking about this moment because it's not about me telling you about what God's doing. I'm declaring today that prophetically, you're gonna sing into your situation, let hope rise. You're gonna declare over your family, let hope rise. We're gonna declare over every town and city of New Zealand and wherever you are online, let hope rise and not hope in the things temporary, but eternal hope, steadfast hope, sure hope, hope that will sustain us. So with every hand lifted, God, we come before You today and we thank You. We thank You that hope is an anchor through every storm. We thank You that hope is a helmet protecting our mind. We thank You that hope is not dependent on the things around us, but we find our hope in You. So we declare today, let hope rise, let hope rise, let hope rise. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.